Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, November 22nd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, honestly, it's been kind of a ho-hum week for gold, but I've got a silver lining for you, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Gold has been hovering around 1460, 1470 in that range all week. Honestly, there really hasn't been a lot of big news to move markets. I think most people have been fixated on the impeachment political theater in Washington, D.C. Now, gold did get a little bump and stocks took a tumble midweek when some trade deal pessimism took hold. On Wednesday, Trump said China is not stepping up on a trade deal and that the U.S. could slap more tariffs on Chinese imports. A Reuters report flat out said that it appeared unlikely that a so-called phase one trade deal would get signed this year. Now, one report I saw said, quote, most traders and investors have become numb to the matter. Jeez Louise, I reached numb months ago. Anyway, overall, the yellow metal is on track for its second weekly rise, however slight. Gold has gained about 0.3% on the week after a 0.6% rise last week. Silver is up about 0.6%, but that is not the silver of lining which I spoke. I'll get to that in a little bit. While precious metals have been pretty much stuck in the mud, stock markets have been making new highs. Now, we did see some selling this week. The Dow was down more than 100 points on Wednesday, and it was off another 50 or so yesterday. That seems mostly due to the aforementioned trade war pessimism. But generally, it's been bullish on Wall Street. Why? Well, Peter Schiff had what, on the surface, seems like a really odd explanation. But I think he's right on the money. He said economic weakness is the driving force in this rally. Wait, huh? Why would weakness juice the stock market? Well, it's keeping the Federal Reserve in play, and that's what is driving Wall Street right now. It certainly isn't great economic news. Heck, late last week, the Atlanta Fed dropped its Q4 GDP growth prediction down to like 0.3%. Bottom line, loosey-goosey monetary policy is goosing the markets. U.S. stock markets are dramatically overvalued, and the reason stock markets are going up is because the Federal Reserve is creating money out of thin air. Speaking of the Fed, we got the October FOMC meeting minutes this week, and they're kind of a big nothing burger. We didn't learn anything that we didn't already know. Now, you'll remember that the Fed dropped the interest rate another 25 basis points during that meeting, but it hinted that rate cuts were going to be on pause. The minutes reinforced that sense, indicating that the majority of the committee believed that the monetary policy after the 25-point basis cut would be well calibrated to support moderate growth, a strong labor market, and inflation near its symmetric 2% objective. And that would continue, quote, as long as incoming information about the economy did not result in a material reassessment of the economic outlook. So what does all that gibberish mean? Well, really, who the hell knows? Fed speak is intentionally obtuse. What would a material reassessment of the economic outlook even look like? No clue. I've said this before, the Fed always frames things so that no matter what it does, it can point back and say, see, we told you. Here's what I do know. This time last year, the Fed was raising rates. We were on the path to normalization. And then we weren't. The central bank has cut rates three times this year. We have QE4 in play, 
or I should say we have not QE in play, not QE is actually more aggressive than quantitative easing. The Fed is increasing its balance sheet faster than it was during the rounds of QE after the 08 crash. And even though it's saying rate cuts are on hold, Powell pretty much ruled out rate hikes. During the post-meeting press conference, Powell said the Fed would need to see a really significant and persistent move up in inflation before considering rate hikes. So really, that leaves just two options for the Fed in the near term. It can leave rates the same, which any sane person should consider extraordinarily loose monetary policy, or it could cut rates again, which is even more extraordinarily loose monetary policy. Peter brought up an interesting point about QE when he was on Boom Bust this week. He said there's a big difference in the current balance sheet expansion and the three rounds of QE we saw in the aftermath of the Great Recession. Now, back then, everybody thought it was temporary. When it all started, Ben Bernanke said it was temporary. When he launched QE, he insisted that the Fed was not monetizing debt. He said the difference between debt monetization and the Fed's policy was that the central bank was not providing a permanent source of financing. He said the treasuries would only remain on the Fed's balance sheet temporarily. He assured Congress that once the crisis was over, the Fed would sell the bonds, all of those bonds it bought during the emergency. The markets believed this. They thought things would go back to normal. But obviously, that didn't happen. We're nowhere near normal. Balance sheet reduction didn't even last one year. All of those bonds stayed on the books, and now the Fed is expanding the balance sheet even faster. Everybody thought the Fed strategy was going to work, but it didn't work. It was an abject failure, and we have evidence of that by the fact that we're right here doing it again now. If you just look at the monetary and fiscal policy that's going on right now, you would swear we are in Great Recession 2.0. The only thing missing is the recession. We have crazy loose monetary policy. We have massive levels of government spending, trillion-dollar deficits, massive government borrowing, and debt monetization by the Fed. Well, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. At some point, people are going to wake up. They're going to realize that there is never going to be any substantial balance sheet reduction. This is the new normal. The balance sheet is going to grow into perpetuity. And next comes the dollar crisis. As Peter put it, I think this is going to end very poorly for people who have been enjoying the paper gains in the stock market bubble. So there's your Friday dose of pessimism. But what's the silver lining I was talking about? Well, Silver is actually on sale right now, both figuratively and literally. The price of silver is off a bit, which is a buying opportunity, and Shift Gold is having a really sweet sale on American Silver Eagle coins, so you can take advantage of it. When the Fed started cutting interest rates last summer, the price of silver surged. The white metal rose 35% and peaked at close to $20 an ounce. Now, it's given back some of those big gains. But mostly, this has been about the silly trade war optimism that's been driving stock markets up. Just take a step back, though. Look at the big picture. What has really changed? I mean, fundamentally. Nothing. The Fed is still engaging in extraordinarily loose monetary policy, as I just talked about. We continue to see shaky economic data coming in. And despite all of the talk, the trade war drags on. So I would argue that the dip in the silver spot price over the last month or two is a nice opportunity to get silver on sale. Now, I mostly tend to focus on gold on this show. Let's look at the silver market a bit. 
We just got some data from the folks over at the Silver Institute, and the silver market looks pretty darn bullish. The bottom line, according to their interim silver market review, is that improving investor sentiment will drive silver prices higher. According to the report, even with the most recent modest pullback in the silver price, the last few months have seen a major improvement in investor sentiment toward the white metal. In terms of demand, silver industrial fabrication will hold at record highs for the second straight year. This despite the escalating U.S.-China trade war that's put a drag on the electronics sector. However, the negative impacts of the trade war have been mitigated by higher silver use, especially in the automotive sector. Additionally, silver consumption in the solar energy uh, market has also grown as more countries push ahead with renewable energy projects. Global silver jewelry and silverware demand are projected to grow by 3% and 4% respectively in 2019. Healthy gains are also expected for the physical investment market in 2019, with sales of silver bars and coins projected to rise by 7%. That would be a three-year high. In the U.S., investment is on track to record its first annual increase in four years thanks to improving price expectations and rising price volatility. Meanwhile, supply looks to be squeezed a bit. Key silver producers earlier this year were forecasting an increase in mine output, but due to a number of factors, it now appears silver mine production will fall by 0.7% this year. So just looking at the supply and demand fundamentals, we should be really bullish on silver. Add to that the Federal Reserve monetary policy, well, we should be really bullish on silver. The Silver Institute report said overall the silver market is expected to record a small surplus in 2019. That said, this metal should be easily absorbed by investors as rising macroeconomic uncertainties and fresh monetary easing by major central banks rejuvenate the appeal of safe haven assets from mid-2019 onwards, which, looking ahead, should continue to benefit precious metal prices. So, next Friday is Black Friday. You can get a jump on your holiday shopping. Call this Silver Friday. Because like I said, Shift Gold has an incredibly low premium on Silver Eagles for a limited time. On top of that, you get free shipping within the U.S. on any order. I'll link to a page with more info on the show notes page. Or you can just call and talk with the Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist at 1-888-GOLD-160. The sale ends next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, so do it now. Well, that is a gold wrap, or maybe I should say a silver wrap for this week. You can get details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links for both of those on the show notes page. And that is it for this week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.